Hello, my friends, and welcome back to the Kokoro Movement Podcast. On this episode, we have Sean Kitzman. He is a massage therapist based out of Bloomington, Minnesota. We had a great conversation. This is about a day after uh, we got shut down here in Flagstaff, Arizona, and he got shut down actually the same day. So um, this is what we're doing post-shutdown and how we're going to continue to provide a service for all of our clients and just give the world something to kind of hang on to and we really talk about pivoting our businesses to where it could benefit us uh, post coronapocalypse so we're just going to jump right into this conversation here we go doing nothing important just uh you know taking notes on i have a shitload of donaher uh instructionals so every morning i'm getting up and for about an hour i'm uh taking notes and kind of just you know making actually breaking down the video itself so yeah man the world went crazy for a second <laughs> well it's still you know, going crazy and it's yeah. uh so that's yeah. like one of the reasons why so we all have a lot of free time now. And so I uh, am getting everybody that I can think of on here. Uh-huh. Just so everybody can understand how everybody else is kind of dealing with this whole situation. Cause we're all going to, sure. you know, so it's like, it's, um, you know, so we finally in Flagstaff here, we, we had our official shutdown at uh, 8 PM last night. So <laughs> yeah, we, we were five o'clock here yesterday. Yeah. So I, um, you know, on top of my own independent business as a coach and as a massage therapist, I also work for another company in town called hypo two, which is like high altitude training. So like people from all over the world are coming to come train at the altitude. And I had, um, you know, these, uh, these, this professional women's running team from Portland or no bend bend, Oregon, that uh, came to train and I was going to work with them for the next four weeks. So I was like super pumped. Sure. And then my employers got a hold of me and they're like, no, that's not true. You got to cram it all in today. And I was like, shit in my pants. So <laughs> I had to, you know, get all my massages in, get all my coaching in and then like work on them as much as I could before that, that essentially shutdown happened. And so you know, then I'm like so tired because it's such a huge energy exchange. Sure. Massaging people and coaching people and, you know, and then my dogs don't give a shit if I want to sleep (laughs) in or not. Like they smell consciousness like a fart in a car. Like if I just barely open one eye, they're like, you're awake and I have to pee and I have to eat and I have to poop and I have to do this immediately. And I'm like, oh my God. So, you know, today is one of those days where I'm just going to hang out and I'm going to drink lots of coffee and kind of 
yeah, and it's snowing right now, which is something I don't really want to deal with either, but whatever. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. So, um, you know, like as we go on, and I'm sure you've, you've, we've interacted enough, like I'll be as transparent as you want me to be, yeah. you do know, your, in it. Thing, man. You, you know? can cuss it up. I don't care. Like, yeah. Do your thing. Yeah. I was, I was, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, and I think like it's funny because I posted, I posted that, that post on Monday. And I mean, Monday night, I was, I, I didn't know where to go, you know, like I didn't know what to do. Yeah. And so I posted on Monday, you know, just to kind of make a public statement as to look, I'm closing. And then, um, you know, I woke up yesterday morning and I was like, you know, a very, I, luckily I've done, I've dealt with enough shit <laughs> like yeah. this, you know, like I've, I've got, I'm really comfortable in, well, I, yeah, I'm really comfortable pivoting, um, you know, in situations like this. So, um, but I, but I posted that post today and then, you know, you see a lot of people talking about, you know, or, or like even last night in the video, you know, people were like, you pretty much summed up how I felt, you know, in five minutes. And so I think that, that these types of conversations in the beginning, because, you know, one of the things I don't think humans are really good at, or a lot of humans, especially us humans that are really well domesticated. Um, I don't think they're really good at pivoting yeah. and I don't think they're really good at adapting. You know, I mean, by nature, we're a lazy fucking species, you know? Um, and so we get into habits and we get into comfort zones and you know, um, that's what happens. So, so I think, I think you coming out and doing this, I think is really cool and super helpful because I think a lot of people that aren't, that are more domesticated than you and I are. Um, you know, I think they need these types of conversations and I forgot because like, I've been so quiet on, on social for a while, just because like, I got to a point where I was, well, a, I was digging into some of my own, like, like work shit and I'm trying to process how I'm going to do the things that I want to do. But I forgot that like, you know, um, other than the pot, other than the Facebook live, I do, you know, there's a lot of people that I've had over the last three, five, eight years, you know, that have, that, that really need to hear that positive <clears throat> boy, you can do it message. And, you know, I just forgot about it until this morning, until I'm reading the comments between last night and that post this morning. So I think what you're doing is super good, man. Thank you, sir. And so, yeah, yeah I haven't posted a lot on social media just based off of, um, this new culture that we've created where we're offended by everything. <laughs> yes, and, I get it. You know, everything's like super political and everything's black yeah, yeah. or white and there's yeah, yeah. all of a sudden no more gray yeah, yeah. and I'm just over it. So yeah, I haven't posted anything. So um, the day before yesterday, you know, it was like I knew what was coming was coming. I just didn't know when. Sure. Yeah. Um, you know, and I just, I needed shit man yeah. so you go i was going to see if i could find some isopropyl alcohol or some um uh hand sanitizer and i didn't expect to find anything sure. but i just went to just look because you know sure. yeah shit happens sometimes i'm lucky yeah. and it wasn't the fact that i couldn't find anything it was the fact that i saw between three stores i saw probably 30 to 40 people who were so exasperated and right. so desperate and had right. no idea what to do and yeah. were just walking around the store 
with their eyes bugging out and they kept just kind of throwing their arms up and I'm just, this is so fucking depressing. And I went and uh, uh, coached my, you know, final people for the day. And then, you know, the mayor got on and onto Facebook and then announced that we had to shut down the gym, which is where my massage, uh, massage office is. And just the anxiety was crazy so my wife is a cvicu nurse so we're pretty much in the same boat like so we're gonna get it no matter what hell yeah our wives are on the front lines you know what i mean so it's like i'm not worried about it i'm just trying to stay as healthy as possible but um you know that night like my wife's like i'm exhausted i have to go to bed i'm like fuck so i'm laying there and all i could hear was my heartbeat like beating at like 150 beats per minute and i was just like i am gonna go in the living room and hyperventilate for a while (laughs) you know because we're like we're like the same in the same boat almost exactly right so like everything that i do for a fucking living right does not goddamn matter and so you're just like well shit what do i do like what and so you know the next day um so i yeah i i mean i think this is such an important conversation dude like, like, and, and people don't understand, you know, right. I mean, they just don't understand how, what to do with it, you know? So yeah. anyways, you're saying next day, go ahead. So the next day, you know, cause I have, I wrote an online fitness program uh-huh. that isn't selling very well because it's helped. It's to help you mitigate stress. Sure. Stress doesn't sell as much as abs. It doesn't sell as much as adding a hundred pounds to your back squash. Sure. So, and people don't, actually have any idea how chronically stressed out they are so and it's funny because when like in the creation of that program and just putting it out into the world it's such an exhausting effort and there's so much anxiety and I have a lot of education but I'm just like do I know what the fuck I'm talking about like should I even be putting this out do like all the all the imposter syndrome stuff yeah for sure I've been burned out ever since I launched it on uh, January 1st so I haven't even really tried to market it that well Mm -hmm. so then I'm like oh well I can market that and then you go online and people are freaking out they don't know what to do there's like all these you know trainers that are like oh shit it's time to start selling this and you're just like hold on. Like nobody has any income now. Right. 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 And so you can be that shitty person or is it just me perceiving it as shitty? And then I just thought, fuck it. I'm going to release it for free. Whoever wants it. Sure. Take it. You know what I mean? And so people just started messing me. Hey, I can use it. Cool. No, I'll send it to you, whatever. And so then you're starting to kind of figure out like, what is all the stuff I wanted to do? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And so mm-hmm. for me, I've went like, you know, as you know, like in the massage therapy world, like the, when people come out of massage school, they barely have any idea on what they're doing or how the human body functions. Sure. You know, so I'm trying to, and you know, I've ran across a lot of massage therapists who spend a lot of money on a lot of education, but have too much anxiety and don't know how to integrate it. Oh and my so, God, dude. Like, I mean, yeah. Yeah. Every CEU I take, you know, they're like, you know, I mean, oh, I love this stuff. That's what you see and hear in the, in the course. And then all of a sudden you follow up with them three weeks later and they're like, oh, I just, I don't know what to do with it. And I'm like, you got to get off your hands and yeah. use it. Right. You know? And so, so, 
so like yeah, that. I mean, the, the, the anxiety is high with that. Yeah. And so I'm blessed with the fuck it gene. Me too. Where I go to NKT3 and I'm just like, I'm fucking winging it. Because yep. I, have, I have all these, I understand that I have all these techniques that I can fall back on to make people feel better. <clears throat> sure. And so just practice. Because that's what it is, right? And we yep. talked about this in way back in episode 13 of sure. our podcast. And so we're, on, we're in the 60s now, I think. Nice. So, yeah, super cool. But uh, um, so that I decided to write an ebook in my forced vacation on <laughs> how to, like, integrate, like, stuff. And what Dude, an super cool. Yeah, and what an integrated therapy session looks like for people. Yeah, man. Because sure. it's Because one thing that massage therapy gets stuck in is, oh, well, I should only focus on inflammation or right. I should only focus on muscle testing or I should only focus on this or that. And like, no, this person is equally as complex as your skill set. You need to right. use all the stuff. Right, right, right. You know what I mean, so like kind of give people a better idea how to do that. And then, you know, um, yeah, so, but it's funny because there's people that just freak out and then don't know what to do. And then there's other people like me and you who just get real mad, complain like crazy for like yeah, two yeah. days, and then we're like, yep. okay, now what? You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, I got to I gotta, I gotta get all that, that energy, that pissed off, that kind of, you know, uh, cantankerousness yes. out of my system. <laughs> and then once I get it out of my system, then I'm like, okay, let's go. And it's right. funny because like, um, you know, the, the thing that really primed me for that is, is, uh, was my divorce back in yeah. 2007, 2008, because good God, like I had so much anger and angst and, and despondency and not, I mean, like essentially, essentially what happened to me in 2000, 2007 when my ex-wife and at that time business partner came home and said, was like, I'm out. You know, like it's exactly the same thing that I felt Monday night because yeah. it was a, it was a, you know, in my world, in my little world, it was a pandemic, you right. know, like all of a sudden. And, and it, it was actually in a very similar, now it's funny because now that I think about it, it was a very similar kind of feeling. Like I was, I had momentum and I was going forward with something and I was starting to make headway. So you know, a lot of the people that, that watch your podcast or listen to it, um, you know, uh, about a month ago, I legit decided that I was going to hire two therapists. Yep. So I've, I've interviewed them. Um, I have them hired. Uh, today, I told you today, I have a, uh, after our call, I have a meeting or a call that I was supposed to, I'm going to be on. And that's with uh, the person that I hired to answer phones, but she has a big finance accounting background. Um, she's a Pilates instructor who is taken similar CEUs that we have. Um, she's an off and on client of mine. Um, so she really understands kind of the way that I think in my business model as well. And so, um, you know, that was yesterday, <laughs> yesterday, I was supposed to have my one of my therapists in the office, go, we were supposed to push go on the ads, and we were supposed to go. Um, and now I, I don't know when that's going to happen. You know, I mean, I don't know when, when I'm going to be able to get those people into the practice. Now, the big picture goal for me along the way is because um, over the last two years, I've worked with baseball players, baseball players, uh, specifically pitchers. Um, and I'm working with them on mechanics and, and um, 
I do some remote stuff with a couple guys that I met down in Louisiana when, when I was at Top Velocity uh, last, last winter. And so they send me videos and I send them videos back and blah, 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 blah. <clears throat> so the goal for me to hire those two therapists was because I need to get into a bigger facility and actually have a place where I can face-to-face -face break down stuff for people because I have two people locally here that I work with, but I can't, you know, I can't have a whole facility on two people. Um, so the goal was to kind of like march this out and get it, build up those two therapists. Um, I have a personal trainer that I'm going to steal from one of the local places. Um, they don't know it. He doesn't know it yet, but I will steal him. Um, yeah. And, and um, then, you know, like start to build out the personal training end as well. Cause what I want is I want a rehab and performance based model that is biomechanically based. So, um, but I can't do that now. And so yesterday when I woke up, I was like, first of all, I was going to go on Twitter and light Twitter a fire, you know, fuck you, Trump, fuck you, Bernie, fuck you, Joe, like the whole nine. Like the thing that you guys don't understand is that everybody talks about, you know, it's big corporation on the right and it's white collar workers on the left. And, and the what and the, and the Dems talk about, you know, working class and, and the, and the Republicans talk about, you know, um, all of their spiel, right? The, all of their stuff. But in the middle, in the middle, are left the 30.2 the 30 million small businesses that actually make up 99% of the, the employment in the freaking country. And neither one of those two people, neither one of those two sides are talking about the, 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 the tax break that Trump gave the big corporations, I'm never gonna see, you're never gonna see. The, the idea that, 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 that people are talking about free schooling and all the rest of that shit, that doesn't help me out at all. No, like, it doesn't help anyone. And so that's where, so this came at a really unfortunate, but very beneficial time, I think. Absolutely, dude, and so, for like, sure. Because like, we're dealing with all of this real world shit while a presidential election is going on and we are very much understanding that this system is so broken and it does not yep. fucking work and no, so right. like you know like and you know for a while i felt like i was a non-player character in a movie yeah for sure sitting there waiting to see what was happening and so once and then shit started happening so like then the market crashes and right. then we bail out the banks with $1.5 trillion. Right, and then right. here we are like three days later. And they're like, oh, we're just going to give everybody in America $1,000. And we're like, do you understand? That doesn't even fucking cover rent. Right, right. So like this is a really good understanding that you guys have no idea and you're completely detached from the American people. You have right. no idea what cost of living is or what it right. means or right. how it works. How far would that $1.5 trillion have gone if you just right. dispersed right. it between all the Americans instead of these banks and these people that run these banks who have enough money to live the rest of their lives and then in their kids and then their kids' kids. Right. And we're just sitting here being like, fuck, two weeks off of work? Two weeks, yeah. I don't know. And yeah, so it's and, like, and, and the snow and, job of two weeks. And that's it's not like, gonna be two weeks, you know? Like, no, and it's not. And so that's a conservative estimate. And so yeah. 
when they're just like, oh, we'll give you $1,000, you're like, man, I am busting my ass to get $1,000. Do you right, understand? Right, right. Like, right. and I'm a successful independent business owner. For sure. And I am scraping sure. every month. Sure. And I'm successful. Right. There's people that are quitting sure. because oh, yeah. they don't make as much money as me. Sure. And so even, so last year, you know, all the education that I've gotten over the last couple of years, like caused me to no longer believe or understand the CrossFit model of working out. So me and the Ooh, CrossFit yeah. gym parted ways and, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, CrossFit's super tribal. And so they don't, they aren't my clients anymore. For sure. Right when I leave the gym. So I lost almost $10,000 of income last year, sure. which put For me sure. three years back. And then I get this new job on top of my job. And I'm like, fuck yeah, I might be able to double my income. This is going right. to be great. And then Corona's like, hold my beer. And I'm like, <laughs> dude, you know what I mean? So it's like, so we're in the same boat where I was like super pumped on the future. I was getting ready yeah. to start crushing it and working my ass off and making a difference. And then all of a sudden, full stop. So then, you know, like I said, after my almost anxiety attack, you got to start wondering, okay, what's, what's the purpose of this? What do I need to do that I wouldn't have been able to do if I would have continued working the way that I was? And so that's, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, yeah. When, again, like when in 2007, when it, when, uh, you know, I, I had the, the divorce and the split because like, that's one of those defining moments in my career because I had to, I, I, I had the, I had the ability to do something different because what we were, my ex, my ex and I, what we were going to do, we were going to build out like a massage practice, but I was not, I mean, you've heard my story, but not everybody has. So I, I was not engaged in massage at all. Like I, like I would rather drive, I would rather have my wife drive down the road at 30 miles an hour and drag my head on the ground at 30 miles an hour, then do a freaking massage. Like, and that's where I was at that point. <clears throat> and so when, when she, when she left or when we split, right. Um, I had the ability to, to pivot. Now here's the other problem. So every shit falls apart for the rest of the world in 2008, 2007, dude, Michigan was in the freaking tank. Yeah. Like we were far ahead of everybody else. And also that recession lasted up until 12 for Michigan, right? So when everybody starts climbing out in 10 and everything starts to look good in Michigan, we still have, you know, double digit unemployment, right? And also people, talent, like my wife and I now, right? Everybody's leaving the state that has talent because jobs are paying them more other places. Yeah. <clears throat> so, you know, um, so yeah, we, when you have these situations where, you know, things are going bad. You know, you, the, the thing that you have to do is you have to buckle down and you have to look at it as an opportunity. Like you were saying, like, um, Gary Vaynerchuk, I, I do, before we got on Gary Vaynerchuk was, and it's one of my favorite sayings. I say it to our son all the time, you know, uh, life's giving you lemonade lemons. What are you going to do? Are you going to make lemonade? Or are you just going to sit there and look at them? Right. Are you going to have right. a sour face? Or are you going to make something out of it? Right. So, you know, you, we've got to, and, I mean, it, and again, like going back to jujitsu, like, you know, the first rule of jujitsu is survive and then defend, you know, and then, and then start to create opportunities and then finish. Right. I mean, like, that's the whole thing. You've got to be able to survive first and then defend. Like you have to be able to, you have to get yourself to a place where you're stable. 
right? right? You have to have two feet on the ground or you have to have your head, rib cage and pelvis in a line. So you can't be swept off. You know, I mean, right. it's the same thing here. And it's, yeah, I compare it to jujitsu a lot because, you know, if you stay focused on that arm bar, they're going to choke you. For sure. And so yeah. like that's, and that's so like, you know, jujitsu is constantly assessing the situation because it changes rapidly second by second, which yeah, is like sure. literally what this coronavirus is doing because every hour that you look at something, it's a completely <laughs> different thing. And you're like, yeah, yeah. this Christ. And so, and like, so the other hard part about this whole thing is like, this is like a, this is the first time where everybody, literally everybody on this entire planet is having the same emotion at the same time. Sure. For sure. You know what I mean? So, and yeah. that's fucking heavy. So it's really yeah. hard to not, like react to that but like you like the the man and i i'm really grateful to have built this skill set that i have sure and so like what everybody um in their space needs to realize is that you have more knowledge than people that are just starting out and people For that sure. are just starting out need that knowledge For you sure. know what i mean how do i build a practice well you have to understand that if you've been in practice for six years, but you don't perceive yourself as that successful, you've had a practice for six years and those people don't. So those people need the knowledge that you have. And yeah. So well, it's, it's like, it's like I was, I was telling somebody yesterday, right? Like, so in my, it, where I go to, where I go to take jujitsu um, on any given time in open role, uh, I'm the only colored belt. So not black belt. Yeah. I'm the only colored belt that is above the age of 40. Yeah. Most of those guys, those little freaking whippersnappers, yeah. not only are they in their 20s, they are also, most of them, either uh, former high school or college wrestlers yep. or uh, uh, amateur professional MMA fighters. Because yeah. at, at, at the gym, uh, especially at that time, we have a really unique group of people. Now we have black, we have people that are above the age of, 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 of 40. Um, there's a couple brown belts that are, you know, kind of in the same boat that I am. Um, but you know, like, like if I go and the crazy thing is, is I don't get to do it very often because we don't have very many purple belts that are in their forties in my weight class. Right. So um, when I get to go train with other purple belts that are my age, in my weight class, oh my God, dude, it's like, you know, because I'm so used to getting my ass kicked. And so back to what you were talking about, if you've been in practice for six years, you have such an advantage over someone who is just starting out. I mean, can you imagine, dude, can you imagine like if six weeks ago or six months ago or a year ago, you got out of school and you decided to start your own practice? Yeah. Good God, dude. Well, and the other thing that I was talking to my friend, Marsha, who I subleased from yesterday, here's the deal. Um, you know, like right now, the problem for all of us right now is that we are now startups again. Yep. So it, none of the shit <laughs> that mattered two weeks ago matters today. So what we have to do is we have to be not romantic about how we're making money. We do exactly what you did which is you take and go, you know, I had this course. I'm just going to, I'm just going to push it out there for free because yeah. what do we need? We need social proof 
in a different market because today's market's different. <clears throat> and by the way, the shit that you're doing today is planting seeds for when, when COVID's done and the market still sucks. Yeah. So because, be prepared, yeah. everybody. Like whatever you were charging last week may not be what you're charging in six months. Yeah. And so it's, this is a big <laughs> check your ego moment. For sure. You know, because one of those things, like, you know, once you get like neurokinetic therapy level three and then get function range conditioning and then get kin stretch and then get all these different certifications, you're just like, okay, what am I worth? Because right. I'm worth more than the standard massage therapist. But then you have to go and do the math. Okay. So what am I worth compared to what people can afford? Because that's a different sure. thing too. And so, you know, and that's varied from place to place based off of, yeah, of course, whatever it is. So now like, yeah. And so you're going to have to be like, okay, we're going, we're re regressing back to charging 50 bucks an hour. Yeah, possibly. Yes. Which is like, okay. And then we'll steadily raise our prices over time because you know, what doesn't, what, does matter is that you have income. What doesn't matter is what you were charging. So this nice. is like jujitsu is another good example because I, you know, I um, uh, quit jujitsu uh, back in 2012 um, because like, you know, I'm, I live in a small town and my fight team disbanded and I couldn't find um, training partners that I trusted and everybody sure. was super competitive. Sure. And, you know, like I'm not, I'm going to, jujitsu to learn not to fight you right you understand right. what i'm saying yeah, so like yeah. it's a and so but then i find a, a bunch of uh 40 year old dudes who are like training out of a garage i'm like cool i'll go with you and it's not like my body is not prepared for that sure. anymore you know what sure. i mean so like you have to be like oh my brain thinks this but my body's like, nah, pump the brakes, bro. We can't go three days a week. Are you crazy? Right. And so like. Especially in the beginning, right? Right, right. And so you, like we, like this is so crazy. Like the more you think about like the magnitude of it, it's really easy to get overwhelmed on what to do. You know what I yeah, mean? And so like, sure. but like we have a unique skill set Whereas other people who are like bartenders who are like, sure. they're fucked. Like sure. people, you know, there's, we talk to a lot of people who are like, man, if I close down now, I'm not reopening, you know yeah, what I mean? Dude. And so sure. like, but you have to realize that like what those people don't realize is that whatever it took to get them that far, it could take them that far to, again. Yeah, for sure. And well, so it's, you know, the other interesting thing too is like, um, it's, it's a, you know, I mean, not to get too cryptic on us, but you know, we, what, what has happened to us for the last 10 years is that we've had a great market. Yeah. Right. And so like, you know, the people that I look at, so here in Minneapolis, there's a ton of breweries around us. Yep. Um, but you know what those breweries don't have? They don't have food. Yeah. And so now a lot of those breweries are going to have to close because they don't have the ability to carry out and supplement. Right. Yep. So like if you run just a, a straight brewery with no food, then you're going to be in trouble, Yeah. you know, if, if, unless you can figure out some way to like, you know, 
I don't, it, it's it, because, because a lot of those guys, they don't have licenses for food, right? Yeah. They just have licenses. And so it's, I mean, it's, so, but the, the market was oversaturated, you know? Yeah. So if you're not spending this time with whatever your business is, trying to figure out how to evolve your business and make it better, right? then you're going to lose on this whole thing. For sure. And, and, yeah. and, you know, what we need, and like going back to my story about going around the grocery store, what we need is leadership. You know what I mean? And like, this is another reason why this system is broken because up until like five days ago, Donald Trump was calling bullshit right. on the whole thing. Right. And then right. all of a sudden a day later, he's like, Oh, this is actually a thing. And we're like, cool motherfucker. Like, so yeah, right. you know what I mean? And yeah. so that's why people are panicking. That's why right. people are buying toilet paper is because we don't right. have leadership. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so what we need is like, you know, you have to understand that you're a leader in whatever you're doing. So yep. like if you're small business owners, start finding a leader. Like, Hey, who do we need to emulate? Like people, right. like I've had massage therapists, local massage therapists calling me. What do I do? I'm like, you need to figure out how to be just more than a massage therapist. Sure. Because in situations like this, when fit hits the shan, like, you are on the bottom of the totem pole. Sure. You're not even on the totem pole. Right. Nobody cares. Right. Nobody's well, getting massages anymore. So like you need to, cause they're more worried about where to get toilet paper. They're more worried about what kind of food they need. How long is this going to last? Are the stores going to be open? This is like this. So you need to figure it out because, and be more valuable and figure out how to do that. And so, yeah, and you need to figure, and also you need to just understand what the value is. Right. I mean, that's that's a big thing that I don't see people um, really understanding. You know, when I try to, you know, when I've done coaching in the past with people and I've talked to them, you know, we talk about value. They 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 get so focused on the service yeah. and they don't understand that the service. Like I was talking to my friend Marsha yesterday, um, and she's, uh, you know, she had a Pilates background and then, you know, did MKT and, you know, has done a bunch of other things. But one of the things that she's done, um, that, and I kick myself in the ass for not doing this. This is one of those, this is one of those things that I, I wish I could go back in the way back machine and do, and do it differently. But, um, she is one of Katie Bowman's last restorative exercise specialists. Katie capped it at 500. And, and I think Marsha was the last or one of the last classes. And so one of the things that the restorative exercise stuff does really super well is that, um, you know, she can, she can go online and she can create content and work with her clients online. Yeah. And, and that was the thing that, you know, she and I had talked about yesterday was like, well, first of all, I mean, she is a ridiculously, uh, uh, if, if people aren't following her on Instagram, uh, the movement explorer, uh, Marcia Svalson, she does, she does these really cool, like, mime videos where she doesn't say anything kind of like Joe rehab does. No. Um, so, um, but really cool videos. Um, and so, you know, I have told her for a while, she and I were talking about creating a continuing education course. And then we just kind of like hit us, hit a stall or a lull, um, in our process. And maybe now that we have this time, once we get a little bit more back around to it, we should probably look back into that again. But the problem I have with it, and I would, tell her this right away. Like 
she's got way more content around what I want to, what I think should be taught than I do because her, just the way that from restorative exercise and the way that she kind of processes and teaches things, it's really, really good. Yeah. I, I almost feel like in that thing, like I'm, I'm happy to play Robin with her. Right. But yeah. she's way more Batman and, and I don't want it to seem like I'm Batman in it, you know? Right. Um, but anyways, so, you know, but we were talking about that. It was like, you know, like, here's the thing that you don't understand. Like, you know, the, the, the content and the information that you, that you can put out and have at your disposable, nobody else has. Mm -hmm. And she, and for a while, you know, um, when she started, when she started showing me some of the restorative exercise stuff, um, particularly stuff with, uh, uh, one-to-one -one stability of, of the humerus versus the scap and then of the versus the forearm, um, you know, uh, she started having me go through some of it and like, you know, it's no load, but it's a one-to-one -one load that I'm not used to doing. So good God, it was hard as hell, you know, yeah. like trying to move my scap, trying to move my humerus and AB deduct it and adduct it without moving my scapula at all. Right, man, yeah. that's freaking hard. Right. And, and I was like, you don't understand, Marsha. You don't understand the, the potential that you have within the strength community because nobody's talking about the stuff. And right. nobody's, nobody actually has good markers on how to talk about it. So right. for the people out there that are, that are kind of in our situations that, that don't understand, like you said, like you have information just because it's a good, inf just because it's, it's, it's average information for us in the industry doesn't mean to the per to your neighbor next door that it's not incre incredibly valuable. Right. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, that's where, you know, functional range conditioning is really into that. And like yep. those kin stretch classes are really telling for a lot of people. I had, um, uh, one of my main clients, her, um, brother-in-law is like one of those just savages, just, Oh, I'm just going to be good at this sport because I can sure. be like, my, sure, sure. you know, so then, he's really strong and just really savage crossfitter, but uh, then you have him do a controlled articular rotation of the yep. shoulder and he cannot do it. Right. And I'm just like pretty strong guy, huh? Like you have a really high clean jerk, but you can't move your arm in a circle. Let's right. talk about it. Why do you have shoulder pain? You know right. what I mean? Because you're yep. used to pushing forward and up. Yep. And that's it. There's a whole well, lot of range missing there. And so, you know, that's like one of those things where I'm, you know, I've been struggling trying to build like a personal, uh, kin stretch practice in Flagstaff because I haven't had the time to do it. And so now I'm just like, well, shit, what, what can people do at home? Move their fucking body around. Let's right. do this. You know what I mean? So like, this is like the perfect opportunity to start building this up. Hey, there's this free classes, free classes, free classes. And then you know, once the economy starts to go back up, then it's 50 bucks a month. And then it's a hundred bucks a month to do this in person. You yeah. Know? Or you, or you yeah. run out free classes for a while. And then, yeah. you know, look, if you want anything outside of the free class, it's a one-to-one -one with me. You and I already know that you can do this. You've built up trust, Yeah. right? You've built up the understanding. You have to have a, you have to have a hook to get in. Right? right. So, so the thing that, the thing that's interesting about this, and I just thought about this, but like the thing that's interesting about this is that, um, so I have a really, uh, I have a good friend of mine, uh, who is a marketer. And, um, one of the things that massage therapists struggle with, because here's, here's the blessing and the curse of being a massage therapist. Mm -hmm. Well, here's the blessing and the curse of being in our industry. I have a readily available skill that people want. Yeah. And like, dude, do you know how I, I mean, here's, here's, here's the ultimate Sean funnel. Like 
get me in front of people. So get me at an event where I can set up and I can run my fat mouth and, and I can attract people and I can build that relationship face to face. Now that's a great funnel. Um, it works now. It only works when I'm out there. Right. But what we all have to do is we have to understand, um, the other thing too, and I've said this before, and in, 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 by the way, when I said this before, I was a bit of a hypocrite, right? So here we go. I'm calling me out of my own shit. What we're doing right now didn't exist 15 years ago. No. Like, like I cannot imagine in 2003 or 2002 or 2001, because like the thing that happened after 9-11 is there was this period of, of uncomfortability, but we all got over it. Yep. Now, some, some places like New York and the East Coast, it took longer. Or if you had you know, family members that were, were there or you had you know, family members, members that were you know, in the service right, or in the armed forces, like, that, that definitely changed. But as a, collectively, as a country, we got over it relatively quickly. right? Yep. This is not that case. And the other thing that I think that you said that's really important is like, yes, people in France were upset about 9-11. But now we're going through the same shit, just at a different pace right. than that the people in Europe are. And so right. there's this collective whole. Now what we need to be able to do is we need to be able to create a funnel by giving out information that's good enough, creating trust, because now you have a completely different medium, right? Yeah. So you have to be able to create trust and create value for people and then understand that, you know, okay, so here's the next thing, right? Like. Here's the next thing. The, 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 the funnel then becomes, uh, uh, you know, I, I give you this free thing. We do this weekly. You're in front of me. I've built trust. Now you want something more out of it because I don't know when the hell I'm going to start up again. Then maybe the next piece of the funnel is we'll do one-to-one video sessions because you have something specific that I can't spend time in class doing. And it's X amount of dollars. Let's go. Yeah. Right? So. Yeah. Um, and so that brings up a different point that I've been really struggling with over the last couple of years is when people are like, Oh, you're a massage therapist. And I'm like, kinda. So, you know, what does that even mean now? So like, that's something that I've been trying to, um, really drive home is that, you know, massage therapy can be a legitimate rehabilitative profession. And mm-hmm. so we have a societal narrative of what people think massage therapists are. Sure. And that's like nice, relaxing massage or, you know, the six foot five German lady jamming her elbow into your spine. And that's it. That's what society knows. And so we, unfortunately, a majority of our profession um, reinforces that narrative. And so that's where we're struggling where people like, I want deep tissue. And I'm like, do you even know what that means? Is that just the thing that you're trying to say? Like, and you know, so when people, I'm really, really bad at my elevator pitch. And so like, I'm sure just like you where, you know, you have to go to an event, gather some people around, start talking about it. This is what we do. This is how we do it. This is what makes me different. This is what's really going on with you. Your back pain isn't in the back. It's majority in the front. Like this is, and like, what do you do? Well, and that's, that's also another reason why I, I um, when I was doing more coaching than I, I was currently doing, because yeah. um, I had pivoted a bunch um, based on 
kind of my own interests, right? But the, the big thing, that's one of the big reasons I, I talked about social media the way that I did, yeah. right? Um, because here's the deal. You have the ability to give that elevator pitch every day, right? Right. And so a large part of the reason why I, like I have 45 hours of content right. on my sustainable coaching practice page. Right. Now I get eight to 10 people at a time on good days. Like last night we hit a peak. I haven't hit a peak like that in quite a while of like, 17 people yeah. watched it live but people are like well you're just such a natural no dick i'm not a natural <laughs> i just fucking talking <laughs> yeah I, I i decided to do something and i had been doing video stuff long before that like yeah. i can go back on on the youtube and show you uh really bad video me doing really bad video back in 2010 yeah right yeah. Hey, uh, hold that thought. I'm going to take yep. a restroom break real quick. Yep. Go right ahead, man. Yep. That's the hardest part about doing a podcast, by the way, is, like, <laughs> you know, I'm drinking a lot of coffee to get this engine yeah, running. Yeah. And then I'm like, ah, he's saying important things. I got to go. Like, <laughs> Yeah. So, well, that and also like, you know, when you deal with someone who's long winded like me, you know, I yeah. mean, you're going to be, it, I can talk for as long as anybody wants to talk. So, you know, yeah. I mean, and yeah. it's a, uh, so yeah, same here. Uh, Cause what you were talking about early on, you know, like my very first podcast were just, you know, I'd go in there and be like, okay, what's the plan? What am I going to talk to these people about? Um, what's, what, what are the questions I'm going to ask? And then the further I get into it, my, you know, I'm just like, man, I'm just going to ask him. I'm just going to talk. This is what people want to hear. Like, so I went from like the interview to like the conversation and then that's a lot better. And then, so there's still some times where, you know, I gotten some pretty high profile people in our industry, like Chris Duffin. Sure. You know what I mean? And I'm like, shit, what do I talk to Chris Duffin about? And, but we have a lot of the same education. So then once I got like over the initial nervousness of, oh my God, I'm talking to Chris Duffin, you know, right. and then start just having a conversation, then it starts to flow a lot better, you know, and it's just so much better to, but that's like, everybody starts somewhere and that's what people are worried about you know, is just starting because, well, what if I look like an idiot? You're absolutely going to look like an idiot. Absolutely. Yeah, you, you suck and, when you start some, anything. It doesn't yeah, matter. And so right? just like, go. Dude. And that's yeah. what we were talking about with like integrating stuff into your massage, like, yeah. Or integrating stuff in your, your coaching practice or whatever it is, just go. And yeah. eventually you get better at it because you get better at it. It's well, like, it takes, it takes reps, right? right. I mean, it's like, like, look at any training concept. model. Yeah. You know, weird I mean, concept that people don't understand. Like you got to start somewhere. You well, know? it's a weird thing because I think what happens is that people forget what it was like to be a kid. Yeah. Like this is an interesting thing to me. Like, cause I always, rem I always, I don't know. I've always tried to keep a hold of that. Right. So people, people, um, people forget what it's like to be a kid. And so what winds up happening is they get so overwhelmed with being perfect. And, and like, dude, um, there's a guy on, on YouTube. His name is Johnny Geiger. Johnny Geiger is a, is a professional skateboarder and Johnny Geiger will try some of the hardest flat ground tricks like, or, or like ledge rail tricks. And he will literally take three days to land it three times. And if people don't think that people aren't interested in your learning process, there's no way that that guy in Liechtenstein, like that's where he is. Like there's no way that that guy would have a YouTube channel that has hundreds of thousands of views on it. Yeah. Right. 
<clears throat> and so, you know, like you're going to suck at anything that you first start out at, you know, I mean, it's, that's just the way it is, yeah. you know? Um, and, and you know, what happens is people aren't vulnerable enough right. to, to actually show that you suck. Right. You know, and, but they're worried about judgment, which is mm -hmm. also, you know, it's valid, but like people are judging you anyway. If you're wearing these shoes instead of those shoes, <clears throat> if you're listening to this music instead of this music, if you're this political affiliation instead of this, people are judging you. So just get over it. And just, yeah, I mean, it, when we get, when we go to the topic of podcasts, <clears throat> who is the guy that has the most popular podcast on the face of the planet? That Joe, that Rogan. <laughs> Joe Hogan guy, right? Yeah. yeah. So, um, but like, dude, when Rogan first started his podcast, I thought, what a douchebag. Yeah. Like he's going to, he's going to get on and like talk, you know? Right. And now look at him like, and also go in the comments and, and this guy, this guy has, has, it started out with him and his dumb buddies. Yep. You know, and now what, what is it? It's, he has on some of the most influential people in the world. Yeah. He's the most prolific interviewer of our age. Yeah. And, and when you say that to people, they're like, no. And I'm like, look at it. Well, I mean, he's, yeah. He's probably, interviewing like Ben Snowden. Right. Who right. the fuck else is interviewing Ben Snowden at right. a top secret location? Yeah. No one. You know what I mean? So like he, he, when he got that guy from the C, the CDC on, uh, yep. Mike, Michael, uh, Oberholm, I think is his yeah, name. Yeah. That's from Minnesota. Yeah. He already, like he gave us more adequate information than our whole entire government. Just because he like, cause Joe Rogan had the wherewithal to be like, Oh, this shit's a big deal. Right, let's get, right, some, right. let's get an expert on here. Right. Instead of a bunch of idiots just running their mouths. You know what yeah. I mean? That, yeah, and then and then he turns around and has a bunch of idiots running in their mouth because he's going to watch some fights with Eddie and Brendan Schaub and you know like yeah, you know, and, and Eddie's yeah. going to talk about aliens and all the rest of that dumb shit. Like, oh I mean, my god, like you know? Eddie Bravo, I can't like I love what he's done, but I cannot stand that guy. Like, <laughs> shut the hell up, let other people talk. Like, you, you know what's funny? You know what's funny about Eddie is is Eddie I and I I, I went to an Eddie Bravo seminar like in 13 or 14, I think 13. Yeah. And I was prepared to hate that guy. Yeah. Prepared. I did not want to like him. And, um, once you get live in front of him, you know, I mean, because like all of us, when you do this thing for a while, there's a character that you wind up doing, right? Yeah. Like I, I, I bet you that I think uh, probably Rogan is probably the, the way that he is you know, he's probably like 80 to 90% authentic. That's just Joe. Right. But there's still, I mean, and that's also probably, I'd probably say like 60 to 70% because yeah. he's a, uh, 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 you know, he's a comedian too. So he has this, he's got this shtick that he's already gotten. Right. right. But, but I think that like, you know, um, when you, when you look at the guys that, that do that, and they're and they have that shtick like it's something that they've created and so when i saw eddie i was like yeah you had to go through the the half hour eddie bravo comedy hour like that was the part that was the beginning of it right yep. that he kind of warms up the crowd it's by the way ingenious like it was ingenious and i remember i was there with my my first martial arts instructor um well not my first but my primary martial arts instructor in michigan um and i said to him i said to him i was like sifu 
I was really prepared not to like this dude. And his seminar is really good. Like yeah. the way that he teaches this thing is really good. I was prepared not, and I went up and I asked him a question. I was like, Hey Eddie, can you show me this? And blah, blah, blah. He's like, yeah, no, da, da, da. or like I just recently, another person. So, so like kind of this generation's Eddie Bravo is Gordon Ryan. Right. right? So I went to a Gordon seminar last year. I think it was dude. That guy was freaking amazing. I mean, yeah. like, and, and my favorite part about the whole entire thing was after the seminar, there was a, uh, uh, there was a bunch of kids that were there um, that knew who he was. And this one kid had like a Burger King crown and, a, and, a, and like, a, like a cape. And, you know, he's like, hey, I'm going to do pictures with everybody at the end, blah, 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 blah. And everybody starts to line up. He's like, nope, uh-uh. kids get in first. Yeah. And, and, and as cool as he was in the seminar, because I asked him a bunch of questions, <clears throat> he came over and gave me shit about wearing gi pants, like the whole nine, like as cool as our interaction was, like that was it for me. I was like, that dude is on point. Like he is a actual human being. What you guys see on, on the interwebs and on the Instagram specifically um, is just a shtick. So he can make hundreds of thousands of dollars right. a year, right. you know? So, yeah. And it's a, uh, and, you know, with Joe Rogan, like he can't help but be authentic because he interviews such a wide range of people. For sure. And so you can't just like, and so you can start to understand that the way that we interact with people isn't, we're like, we're not like trying to fit in. We just have different personalities based on yeah. the people that we're around. And, you know, like Eddie Bravo, like when he's teaching jujitsu, he's in his element. Sure. But when he's trying to, when he's like probably pretty damn stoned oh, and yeah, yeah. trying to fit into a conversation, you're just like, bro, stop. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, and it's just, uh, you know, yeah. But anyway, so just that, that last uh, fight companion episode, I just had to shut it off. I couldn't do it. Sure. But, you know, yeah. But, but I mean, that's, that's, that's to your point though. I mean, like Joe, you know, I mean, he's done a really good job of, or, you know, curating things. And the thing is, is like, here's the deal. I was talking to, I was talking to a hitter about this yesterday, a baseball hitter. And um, this kid needs some serious help with his mechanics. And, and I, last summer I, I tried to kind of, he plays college ball and I tried to get in with him and like really um, help him out. And uh, he came back around. Well, he's coming back around because he sent his hitting coach in to see me because his hitting coach had an injury. And then as we've went along, I've talked to his hitting coach and his hitting coach is like, like he gets it now. He gets what I'm talking about. And by the way, they, they both have been out to a facility in LA where like high level hitters go. Right. I mean, I mean like cream of the crop. And so I was talking to this kid yesterday about it and he was like, cause we were talking about, you know, um, like he, he, we were talking about center of mass and, and what should happen in the swing. And he's like, well, you know, guys will hit home runs with their ass out. And I was like, well, first of all, let's take Vlad Guerrero off the freaking table. Cause Vlad Guerrero's a mutant. Mm-hmm. Vlad Guerrero's hit, Vlad Guerrero's hit balls that were bounced to him. Yeah. Right. I mean like, like, so let's take Vladdy off the table because here's what, I don't want to look at the outliers of the outliers of the human species. Right. Mm-hmm. I want to look at what those outliers commonly do. And so we were talking, and I was like, so the guys that are like elite level mutants, right? Like elite level, they can get away with stuff because their nervous system is that fast. Yeah. And he's like, and he looked at me and goes, so you don't, and I was like, like trout, like trout looks really good, but trout can get away with something sometimes because he's my trout. He goes, so you never think that I could be like that? I was like, nope. Yeah. No, I don't. 
but here's the deal. You don't have to be right. Like you don't have to be that guy. Right. And so like, if you're going to start a podcast, you don't have to be Joe Hogan, right? Right. You don't, you don't have to be, you don't have to be Sam Harris or, or Shapiro or, you know, whoever else is in that podcast realm. You don't have to be that thing, right? No. You don't have to be Seth Godin. You don't have to be Vaynerchuk. You just have to find a crowd of people, you know, that, that really value what you do. Right. So, you know, when we, when I would go to, uh, when I was still assisting in NKT seminars and in the Midwest, um, you know, two or three years ago, we would have Thomas Wells in often, right? Yeah. And man, if you've ever, if you've ever seen Thomas in front of a, a group of people and he gets to kind of do his Thomas thing, it is mind-blowingly frightening. Like, yeah. it is amazing. And, but the thing was that, that I would say to everybody is like, look, you don't have to be Thomas. Yeah. Right? The people in your community most likely don't need the shit that Thomas is doing. Well, that's how Joseph Schwartz is too. Yeah. Like when you sure. let that guy rip, you're just like, what in the fuck yeah. is happening? And yeah. so it's like, you know, uh, or uh, one of the guys that introduced me to muscle testing, his name's Mitch Peretz. Okay. He's out of, um, he's out of Boulder and he's like in his fifties. Sure. And he's been a chiropractor for 40 years. And that sure. guy crushes it to where sure. it's like, who the fuck? But that's like 40 years worth of knowledge. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? So you can't compare yourself to any no. of these people, but you, so like what's magic to us is like, is like, is like we do that magic for our clients, right? For sure. And so, you know, that's like coming from the CrossFit space. They're like, well, I want to be that guy. And I'm like, you're never going to be that guy. Correct. Well, first of right. all, you're not taking the right type of supplements. Right. Well, and you're not training correctly. Right. And so, and you're not a professional athlete. So right. you're, what did you do today? Uh, I woke up, uh, I drank coffee, uh, I had some oatmeal, and then I went to work for eight hours. Um, right. I got really busy. I actually didn't have a lunch, and I uh, got in an argument with my boss, and I didn't drink that much water. Yeah, you're not going to be a top-level CrossFit athlete ever. Right. right. Because, and, you know, that's the thing that once you start kind of breaking down the CrossFit ideology, so, like, if you compare it to running, like, so you have like a quintessential CrossFit workout that's like should take elite athletes like two minutes, normal, like above average athletes, like four, and then average athletes like six and then below average athletes like eight. And so if you compare that to like a 400 meter sprint, right. Then their idea is, okay. So in order to get faster at a 400 meter sprint, the next day you're going to sprint 800 meters. Right. The next day you're going to sprint a mile. Right. The next day, you're going to deadlift as heavy as you possibly can. You're going to take one day off. You're going to come back. You're going to sprint a 5K, and then you're going to sprint that 400 meter again and see if you can beat your time. Right. You're like, what? And then we're going to do that every day and hope your body doesn't destroy itself. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but the thing, so one of the things um, that I look at with pitchers. Yeah. Um, because, because, you know, here's the deal. Like when you look at guys that throw, um, there, there are certain characteristics that, that happen, uh, with the drive leg or the, the, their base leg, um, that, that happen with guys that throw for long periods of time and they throw hard, right. That, that they're able to do it without a ton of, you know, uh, injury. Um, and, but like, yes, 
if you're 200 pounds, 210, um, and you're reasonably athletic, you can hit mid to low 90s, maybe even touch 95 without caring. Just like, you know, if you were, well, and I was talking to a guy about this yesterday, uh, the the hitter I was talking to him about, because we were talking about mechanics. And because I was, because like, the thing that people have a hard time with is, is that, again, when you get in front of someone, because the, the difference, really the difference between jiu-jitsu and a lot of other things for me is like, jiu-jitsu doesn't lie, right? Yeah. Like the submission never lies. Right. Like you can make up all excuses why you got submitted, but it doesn't lie because there's no, a you, finality to it, right? Lost, and if that was on the street, you would have died or broke something. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but there's, <laughs> the, but, and when you get in front of people who are really good, right, like, there's this, like, I've rolled with world champions. I'm never going to do that. <laughs> I know for a fact I'm never going to do it. You know, like, I've, I've, rolled with, I've rolled with, you know, like, when, dude, I had Gordon Ryan put that heel hook on me. Like, oh, shit. It's, it, was gonna, it would take me years to get that exact. Now, am I striving to do that for sure? Right? right. But I'm never going to be 25 or 26 or 28 going to ADCC. So yeah. I don't need to be that exact. Right. And so, you know, um, the, the thing that, that people just really have a hard time with is like, you, you, need to, you need to strive for excellence, but you also need to understand the model. Right. Right. And, and you also need to understand that like the people that are at the top of the food chain, they're there for a reason. Yep. But, but then the next question that we have to ask is, how long can they be there for? Right. And, and so for us mortals, the rest of us humans that don't have this short window of time professionally, right? Like we need to start looking at and, and the idea of how do I do this thing sustainably for a long period of time, whether it's running, lifting, jujitsu, our practice, uh, the way that we work in our practice, you know? So, I mean, you can do shitty massage with shitty mechanics and you can get away with it for four or five years and not really care and not do any strength and conditioning and not do any mobility stuff, right? You can do all of those things, but that doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to be able to do that for 20 years. Yep. You know? And and what your excellence is, is not going to be what everybody else's is. For sure. And you just really got to, do the best that you can do. And then that'll translate into what you're doing. And so it's like one of those things, like if you put in the effort, like I put in, uh, as far as CrossFit goes, like I put in four to five hours of training a day Mm -hmm. to become above average. Right. And so, you know what I mean? Like, so then you have to reevaluate what's, what are my goals? What am I doing? Like, so, if I keep going down this path, I will A, either get injured or B, become kind of exceptional. Sure, kind but of. That's right. And, that's, and, and by that's, the way, nobody gives a shit that you're kind of exceptional. No. And so that's yeah. one of the things that I realized, you know, yeah, nobody cares. Like, no. if I get close to like a 300-pound clean and jerk, I'm the only one that gives a shit. You yeah. go to the grocery store, nobody cares. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, even... Even in the even in the gym space, that's like people are like, oh, that's pretty cool, and that's it. Yep. Like nobody, you know, like 
I had a six pack and I was like the strongest guy in the gym and the fastest guy in the gym. Not one woman gave a shit. Nobody, no woman was dating me. Right. You know what I mean? So like, what are you doing it for? Right. So like, you know, like I am striving as hard as I can in this profession because I know that I can make a difference and we need to get out of this um, archaic model of education as far as like massage therapy goes. Because it's like, you know, we have like this continuing education that I've been taking just shows me that we have an exceptional amount of knowledge, but we still don't know shit. And so the more, you know, like we like the Thomas Wells out there, the, the, uh, like they understand more about the human body, but they still don't know anything. They're still learning all the time. Right. But we're still stuck in like, we're still learning the same stuff in massage school that my dad learned 22 years ago. Sure. Like that's bad. And and I think, I think that the, 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 the thing that we have to think about with massage school, I was on another podcast last year sometime and I, and I butted heads a little bit with the, the, one of the people that were hosting it. Um, And I would have loved to have a deeper conversation with this person about it because um, the struggle that I have with, so my wife is a nurse practitioner, nurse midwife, right? So she has her master's um, along with her uh, 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 CNM, her certified nurse midwife. Right. Um, And so um, she will eventually get a PhD Right. Um, because she wants to, well, she, she wants to teach also at the university level. Right. Right. Now, the thing that nursing is a little bit analogous or analogous to massage is that there's many ways to get into the massage in, industry. Right. Because right and wrong, blessing and curse. And this could be a whole other conversation, right? That we probably won't have time for. But, right. Um, the the way that we're regulated is so different from state to state, much like nurses are. And well, so even, as a nurse, even in California, like Northern California is completely different than Southern California. Right. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. So as a nurse, you can become an LPN and L, L, uh, an RN, uh, uh, you know, a BSN, a master's of nursing and a, and a PhD. Right. right. Um, so there's five routes. Yeah. Right. right. Now, the the struggle that happens is that for most people in the nursing industry, they can get into a position where they can make a comfortable enough lifestyle that they're that at best they'll be BSNs, right? right? And then there's a few outliers that will become uh, uh, have their their masters or MSNs, and then eventually get their PhD, right? So now, in the massage in- industry, blessing and curse, right and wrong, there's, you can become licensed or certificate, right. but you have so little schooling. But the goal is not to make these master-level body workers. Yeah. School is a portal of entry. It's the beginning of the, the process. And then from there, you're then, you know, you take continuing education. Now the route that you take in continuing education is, is vastly up to the, to the provider and practitioner. Right. Right. So, so I think that the, 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 the thing that we have to always remember when you're talking about massage schools is that 
it's just the portal of entry into the industry. Now, could, could as an industry, could we do better jobs of talking about directions that you could go in and in continuing education? Possibly. But, you know, I think that that also, especially today, like, again, we are sitting here, you're in Arizona, I'm in Minnesota, and we're talking like we're the Jetsons, right? So, um, you know, like the ability that we have now with continuing education, because like, dude, I remember when, you know, uh, SFMA first came out and there wasn't a massage, massage therapist couldn't go take it. Yeah. Right. Because we weren't licensed the same way that everybody else is. Right. So, so I think that, that we just have to remember that, um, yes, that, that education is, is, is what it is just like, but I mean, it's the same problem that like I, I'm going through NASM's uh, uh, personal training certification, right? right? And I have two other certifications that I'm gonna get on top of that. Dude, NASM, like some of that, uh, that information is very antiquated. It's yeah. very outdated. But they're not promising you anything other than that, right? And, and, and I, haven't got into the, I haven't got into anything else outside of that. I haven't got into the corrective exercise and I haven't got into the athletic, whatever the hell that thing is called. So I don't know if it has evolved, but I mean, like, you know, they yeah. do the job. They're a big governing body. Yeah. And that makes sense. It's a, it's a, it's a beginning. Yeah. And it's so, white belt. Right. And so, well, it's not even that it's you show up in jeans and they're just like, Hey, yeah, I'm going to start jujitsu. And they're like, cool. Yeah. So first step is get a gi probably. And you're like, Oh, yeah, okay. it's a foundations class. Right. And so, um, yeah, that's a good point. And just, and what you do with it is on you. Sometimes people like a majority of them are just go from there to like massage envy or whatever it is, yeah, sure. spa you want. And that's fine. And people need that. So yeah, you're right. And I get it. And it's just one of those things that's like really frustrating because mainly because of like the, the, the deep tissue stuff like this, it doesn't like, that's not how this works. You know what I mean? Sure. Like yeah. we're controlled by the nervous system. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like what, but I think like the basic knowledge in that needs to be instilled in massage schools is that if you find a muscle that's hypertonic, you need to ask why instead of just jamming your fucking elbow in there. You know sure. what I mean? Because that, yeah. that muscle's um, threatened for a reason. So don't give it more. Like, yeah. And I think you also yeah. need to think about too, like level of priority, right? Right. So, you know, if we're going to create a hierarchy, like everybody that comes to me, you know, like they've been to 25,000 different other people. Right? right. So by the time that you get to me, there's a reason I'm not sticking my elbow in your ass anymore. Right. Right. And the reason is because if, because, because if that would have worked, it would have worked a long time ago on your lacrosse ball or on your foam roller or whatever it is. Right. So the way that I look at, and the reason that I'm going to, by the way, the reason I'm hiring now in, th in theory, the reason that I was going to hire a uh, massage therapist is because I was going to have them deal with all that. I was going to hire newer therapists and then train them up. I got ridiculously lucky and got two therapists like that have combined 19 years worth of experience, which by the way, blows my brain out of the water. Like yeah. I have two veterans that decided to go like, Oh my gosh, you're hiring. I want to work with you. Right. right. Like that's a, that's a, that's bananas to me. Right. Right. So, but like, you know, still, even with, even as talented as they are, they don't have a way to assess the nervous system quite as of yet. 
So there's going to be higher priority dysfunctions that they're not going to be able to work on. And so, again, part of that funnel and the way that I'm looking at this is that I can spend low ad money to get people in the door for them to see them because they're still doing sports massage and cupping and things like that, that are, that address some of those lower level priorities. And they're both really good problem solvers. So most likely they've maxed out that, that, that level that they're at. Right. And so, because like when I started, so, you know, I did massage in some fashion for 12 years when I first started yeah. and I had clients that would come in that had been to a variety of other practitioners. And for whatever reason, the way that I stuck my elbow in that adductor or hamstring or glute or erector or whatever it was, got them past where everybody else had up until that point in time. Right. And the way that I had thought about it and worked. So it was effective, by the way. It was way, it was, I mean, I did it for 12 years, right? I mean, it was, yeah. I was pretty good at it. And so, so, you know, I mean, I think that like, we also have to understand that, like I, when, when I first hosted David uh, Weinstock in 2012, um, I had someone that co-hosted it with me. Yeah. And as I got deeper into the work, that person really kind of lost interest in the work because it's not how they wanted to work. Right. And so and in the beginning, I was kind of frustrated by it. like, I'm like, why? Like, I don't understand it. But it wasn't just the delivery method that this person wanted to do. And so, you know, um, when people ask me, like, so you're going to hire these people, are you going to train them exactly the way that you do? Well, I mean, ideally, I will send them to the CEUs that I've taken to get a long way. Um, I don't know that they're going to have the same delivery method that I will. Um, be almost, one, because they're not me. And right. then two, because they're going to have their own desires of how they do it. Now, right. there's similarities of how we do it, right? Yep. But, but so I think that that's the, the other thing that we have to remember too is like, you know, and also, you know, the person that, the two therapists that I'm hiring, why am I hiring them? Because they both admitted that they're not good at business. Yeah. Now, I don't know that I'm much better at business than they are. I've just, I've just decided not to quit. You know, right. like that's part of the reason why I'm still around. Right. But like, so the, the, nobody's going to be like you. And so yeah. um, like once you get to like a certain level, like I consider a lot of people that I've interacted with as high level practitioners. Um, and once you get to that level, then nobody's going to be like you, you're your own unique. For sure. Amalgamation of education that you've taken and hard. how you apply it yeah. to you. Right. So, yeah. um, yeah. And then it's, uh, it's, you know, there's some people that vibe different with other people. So you might be like, Hey, you're not working well with me. Go check out this person. And, you know, and like we were saying earlier, like, you know, you might not think you're as good as business, but you're better than they are. So sure. you have that valuable information. Like what we sure. just started with this podcast, you know what I mean? So like, you know, like the, basically what I'm hearing from Sean Kitzman right now is like, Hey, I don't know what to do while this is shut down. Oh, I should start like some kind of online massage business thing. You sure. know what I mean? Because people fucking need that. And so like, what yeah. do you, so like you've already, you know, one thing that you were saying, like what, and one thing that I think is really important that I have to really start wrapping my head around is like understanding that the world is different now. And yes. so 
your practice is not going to be the same and you're not going to be able to charge the same amount and all this different stuff. And, um, you know, there's people that are graduating massage school right now or have recently that need all of this information based off of the shit that Sean Kitzman has survived in his practice because, and every practice is like that. You're not just like, oh, I started and now all these people are just going to come to me indefinitely. No, that's not how that works. Like my dad has been a massage therapist for 22 years and he has clientele that will not let him retire. And so me, you know, me being frustrated because I have those inevitable lows in the business is, and then being like, well, why am I not just booked out like my dad? because we're different therapists completely. We're not even in the same planet. You know what I mean? So like, and he has these people that are just going to come essentially every two weeks until he dies because they're not going to, because like he has become an integral part of their life. For sure. And for me, like when people like have that cataclysmic neck rotation where they're like, Oh, I can't move my head. Then they come in and see me. But until then, and like, I'm very, very, proficient at solving problems so mm-hmm. when people come in with back pain i fix the back pain and they go away yeah and they don't come back so that's not a sustainable business model so you have to figure out how to market yourself in such a way or get like and even what i'm working on right now is educating my clients on selling me better because that's sure. another thing too because you know if i had all of those referrals that everybody has referred to me i'd be i wouldn't know what to do Sure. I would have so much business. I'd be like, fuck. And so like, it's one of those things where you also have to understand that like, you know, sometimes people need that pain because that's how they get affection. And you know, that's how, or if you've run out of problems to solve, then you create pain symptoms. You know what I mean? Like there's, so there's like a lot of, you know, and the further I get into this, the more I'm like, God, we're so weird. It's amazing we made it this far, to be honest. Like, sure. <laughs> well, know? and and the other thing too that I think that that people need to remember is there is no harm so long as it's not manipulative, and it's not a really power based dynamic between you and the client. Because we have to remember we're in a cash based industry here in the states. Right. So we're in a cash based industry. There is, you, there is a transaction between two consensual adults or two consensual parties. So there's nothing wrong with maintaining a client and having a client that you see once a, once a week or once every two weeks or once every three weeks or once every four weeks or once every five weeks because that's how you build sustainability in your practice. There's right. nothing wrong with that, by the way, yeah. right? I mean, right. like, and I, and I think that, that, there's, that, that that's a thing that, because I've done that. 15 years. Actually, I just found out that my longest standing client in Michigan, um, I just found out yesterday that, that he has cancer. Um, but I saw him every two weeks. Now I spent more time with that guy than most of my family over the period of 15 years. Right. Right. Every two weeks, unless he was sick or I was sick or one of us was on vacation. Right. Right. And then I had another client in Michigan that I saw every week because he had the disposable income. Right. I saw him every week. You know what that allowed me to do? That allowed me to build a practice. Yeah. And so long as that he's like, I have, I have a couple clients right now that I see every week. Now, sometimes I go in and I try hair brand ideas on them. Yeah. Right. Like I'm like, Hey, let's, let's dive down this rabbit hole because the other thing that those types of people do 
is they become invested in your practice. Right. They're invested in your learning. Yeah. That's the person that you can go, hey, Jerry, because that was one of my clients' name. Hey, Jerry, or hey, Bill, that was my other client. Hey, Bill, I have this harebrained idea. Can we try this for a couple sessions? Yeah. Like, yeah, cool, let's do it. I don't care. Yeah. And then I have other clients that I come in that I know I'm going to see them for a very short window of time. Yep. But, all, but, but the thing that you, that, that you want to think about with your dad, and, and that's a person that you can emulate and model a little bit, your dad is obviously very good at building relationships and trust with that client. Right. And that's why they have chosen to spend their money with him for that period of time. Right. And, and there's nothing wrong with that. That's how you build a clientele base. Now, here's the deal. That takes a couple days to learn to do. Right. Right? That doesn't happen overnight. Yeah. And so when you say a couple of days, like meaning probably six Freaking, or Yeah. Like days. more than three, by the way. <laughs> right. You know, more than three, less than a million. Right. You know? <laughs> right. And it's just variable. Uh, yeah. Man. Yeah. So let's, uh, yeah, we could talk forever. So I'm just, yeah, gonna, for sure. We're just going to chop it off right there. Yep. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah, this was really good. I'm really glad that we uh, connected again and we'll do it again here in the near future. Maybe, post cor- the corona, corona. Yeah, yeah, the apocalypse or whatever the yeah. fuck it is. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Right or maybe the- midstream, like <laughs> maybe we do something midstream, you know, in a couple, three months, we kind of turn back around and go, okay, so you had this thing, I had this thing, what'd you do? Right, yeah, yeah. because that's the thing, like the, the fastest way to quell your anxiety is by taking action. For sure. Yeah, yeah point yourself in a direction and go. Yeah. I don't know what's going to happen, just go that way. <laughs> right, and so... Worst comes to worst, veer left, you know? Yes. Yeah. I mean, and then see what happens. Who knows? You know, like left may work out, but you also might have to turn around and go backwards again. Right. Yeah. You know? Fascinating. Anyway, fascinating time. All right, brother. Thank you so much for taking the time. I appreciate you. Dude, it's always, it's always great to talk to you, man. Thank you so much. We'll talk again soon. Yep.